0: This is Seymour Libraries Podcast, where we need to talk about books. Welcome back to Seymour Libraries Podcast, where we share with you our current reads, what we want to read, news about books, and what's happening at the library. Our show hosts for today, in order of appearance, are Mary, Jackie, and Lee once again this recording comes from a virtual meeting and now on to the show so this this book is another one I saw mentioned like somewhere else but um, when I was reading about it I knew I had to give it a try it's a it's dark academia so it's that's not the name of the book that's the genre <laughs> so it's uh, it's called if we were villains by ML Rio I don't know if you guys have heard about this book um, nope Okay, so let me explain this beautiful of dark academia. Um, so if we were villains, centers around these uh, six students in college and they're actors, so they're theater drama majors whatever. so immediately <laughs> I'm like, I'm okay, this is like part of my people like I get I get theater people and uh, it's one of those books that is. Told in the present, telling the backstory. So it's really our main character, Oliver, and this is like 10 years later. And we know that something happened during their college years because Oliver is actually being released prison. Mm-hmm. And the people that he kind of runs into to talk with, um, mostly from the past, are asking him to actually tell the truth about what happened. That even though he's served his time, they don't necessarily believe whatever he was put away for. They don't necessarily believe that story that was told that got him put away. Um, And so he starts telling out the story about what happened 10 years ago. And it's kind of interesting because it's done almost like a play, not like in the exact like scripting of that, but like, it'll say like act whatever. It's really just his narrative about what happens. And so it talks about his six friends so there were seven of them all together. I think I said there's seven friends. I always forget to count Oliver. <laughs> it's like one of those things where you don't count yourself. Yeah. But, but there was Richard, who was like the the kingly presence. He's this like giant of a guy. I think he was like six three, and he's like big. So I just imagine like this really muscular presence, and he always played the kings. In, like the lead roles in that sense. Um, and then there's Richard's girlfriend, Meredith, and she's like the sexy lead actress kind of one. She'll always get, you know, that female lead in the plays. Um, then there's, make sure I don't forget anybody, there's Pippa, who is kind of an interesting girl, um, and she'll often get cast in either male or female roles. So if they need like an extra ga- guy part, they don't mind casting Pippa. And um, we do actually see Pippa pretty early on in the present time. So we know whatever it involved, um, Pippa's okay. (laughs) You don't know what it is, but Pippa's okay because we do see her. Um, Then there's Alexander. And Alexander is kind of the crazy one. I don't really like to say crazy, but he's more of the wild boy. Like he does wild things and he's often cast in like avant-garde characters. Um, And then there's Ren. I don't really know much to say about Ren. She's related to Richard, and she's kind of the good girl. And other than that, I think her character is like the least interesting. (laughs) And then there is James. And James is Oliver's best friend. And he often plays like the leading role in the plays. And from Oliver's point of view, he's like perfect nice he's good looking he gets all the lead roles and then of course we have Oliver who's telling it and he just always sees himself as like the average guy he's never like the lead of anything he's not like extremely gorgeous but he's also not terrible looking you know he's just <laughs> himself um, and so as it unfolds you start to see those characters like interacting and getting along but also the way that it's written it really builds the suspense and the tension about, you know, something is going to happen, but what is that something? And how terrible is it? You know, it was bad enough to lead somebody Mm -hmm. to go to prison, but you're not really sure what it's going to be. And so you're kind of like full of all this tension, like, Oh my gosh, somebody's going to like die or be killed and it's going to be terrible. When is it going to happen? Um, and I don't know. I love like stories that are told that way, where it has like this suspense building, and like there are ways that like Oliver is telling the story that like leads you to have more tension. Like suddenly he'll be like, or oh, that's what we thought at that time. little that you know, it's like that little did we know that blah blah blah, and you're like, oh my gosh, just tell me what happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in the background too, um, they are putting on Shakespearean productions, so they are more of a I don't know, I guess Shakespearean troupe. There's not too much mention of other plays. See, I loved it because it was like Shakespearean. um, And I (laughs) love Shakespeare. So in the, the first, I guess, act of the book, they're actually going to be putting on Julius Caesar. And I will say that that play was specifically chosen. So if you think about Julius Caesar, that's actually the twist that's going to happen with the group of <laughs> there is kind of, it's, it's a little bit different, but it, there is kind of like that twist about group is starting to see a difference in one of the people and you know, how can you get that to change? It's not quite the same as Caesar, whereas, you know, all of the group got together, murdered Caesar. It's not quite like that, but um, it is where kind of that betrayal of friendship and that twist in that way. So, it's very intense, <laughs> and you'll you'll see like other plays get pulled into. So the other one that's major in that first act that really sets up the whole incident that happens um, is Macbeth, and I think once again that's one where it's it's very t- the darkness that's going to happen. Okay. Oh, I don't know if I want to say, like, what it is that actually happens, because I don't want to... I, I love that build-up, and I don't want to spoil that for other people. Um, sure. I just... I will say, there is a death. There is a death that occurs, and then it becomes, like, this mistrust within the group about, was it an accident, or did somebody okay. cause it? And if somebody did cause it, was it Oliver? who went to prison or was there something else that occurred? Hmm. Mm. Can't give too much away other than that because (laughs) I love the way that it unfolded and I don't want to spoil that. It was so good. Uh And there's a lot of like twists, just interpersonal relations with them. Of course, you have this group that's guys and girls. And so Mm. it's, you know, who's attracted to whom and, Is this relationship working? Is it not? Is this person trying to get with somebody else? And it's messy. (laughs) It's messy. It's drama filled. But this book did have like beautiful prose. I loved the suspense that gets built up in it. I loved the characters. Um, I don't really have much. I will say, when it was getting. In like the second half, which I'm not gonna give like anything away, but I will just say, like I thought at the very end that I was gonna hate it. Huh. Because things start happening at the very end of the book that I was not happy with, like at all. I was like, if this is the way it's going, I'm throwing this book. I wasn't like, <laughs> not even literally because I was listening to the audio, which also the audio is very, very well done. Like I don't know, okay. the narration was beautiful for that. But it was like Am I going to throw this book? <laughs> Am I going to hate it? It was that kind of visceral feeling, but then there's a twist at the very end that I really loved. So, it's, wow. I'm so excited just thinking about it.
1: <laughs> Sounds very intriguing.
0: It is. It's very intriguing. It was very good. Um, it's been out for a little while. I think it was a 2017 book, so okay. it's been out for a couple of years. And I feel like I had heard of it before, like it was in the back of my mind, probably from one of those book lists, but I just like never jotted it down and I never went for it. But then after hearing other people talking about it, I pursued it and I'm glad that I did. And I, hopefully other people will hear me saying you should read this book and give it a try. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say maybe it won't be for everyone, but I think if if you like suspense and drama and you know, emotional tension and stuff like that, then this is this is good.
1: It's good. Mm. <laughs> and I feel like she's
0: Did you say it was set in high school? No, it's college. college it's the, I don't know college, if I made no. that clear. It's the final years of university. So these are actual actual like theater majors. They're they're planning to, you know, pursue their career in theater.
2: So is this like a new, what is that genre, new adult or young adult? Not young adult, but you know what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't classify this as, I would classify it as full-on adult. Only because it is technically being told by Oliver 10 years in the future. So he's currently probably around 33 or 34. So even though the narrative that he's telling is you know, more when they're like 22, 23, um, maybe 24. I can't remember how the age span, but it's probably 22 to 24 ish. Um, so even though that part of it, they're that young, I don't know, because the perspective is technically Oliver being older. I would classify it as like full on adult. (laughs) It sounds weird. Um, but I think it is enjoyable probably like Teens through adults, I think, would enjoy this book. I I wouldn't set any limits on it. Um, I mean, but I would definitely swing more adults. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any other questions about it, except for me giving away the big spoilery ific moments, which I will not do. <laughs>
2: Is, now, did you say it's just from the viewpoint of Oliver? It just follows his thoughts?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, you'll you'll just see... Multi. No, I mean, you will get some of their perspective just through conversations with Oliver, especially, like, oh, if you do see certain characters in that future-slash-present <laughs> tense, um, you will get more of, like, outside person asking Oliver things, or talking about what really happen, but no, it's really just him, and I think it works better that way, because then there is more of that mystery and suspense, because you won't necessarily have all of the information. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
2: I liked it. (laughs) Sometimes I like that better. Sometimes when the multi-perspectives, multiple perspectives are done really well, I like knowing before the other characters do, but... (gasps) Yeah, I, I'm like that, nice too, but to I think, yeah, I
0: think in this case it worked really, really well just having it be Oliver, because I don't think you would want too much given away.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I read a book, too. <laughs> Surprise! Jackie, what did you read? <laughs> um, I actually wasn't really, um, I read a memoir which really isn't in my normal wheelhouse of, of what I'd pick. Um, but my, uh, my mom was like, Hey, I heard about this book, Educated, and I'd like to read it for our book club. So I I picked it out and I was like, okay, mom, (laughs) we'll read this book. I'm Um, actually so
0: excited to hear about this. I'm just saying I'm very excited because I haven't read it yet, but I'm, I kind of want to, so I want to hear your thoughts.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've heard a lot of people
1: have been very excited about this book.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've heard um, a lot of yeah, a lot of positive reviews. Yeah. I've seen it on a lot of lists, and um, as far as ratings go, my mom, grandma, and myself, we all liked it. But my sister was on the fence. She wasn't oh. her favorite read, which was surprising to me because she likes like true stories. And, oh. and through crime so um and then going back and reading a lot of reviews from the book that book there are people who just didn't connect um as there always are but as far as myself i really enjoyed it and um wow a lot of stuff happened to this this woman um her name the author's name is tara westover and it's told from her perspective starting as a young child and then going on to um adulthood and i i don't even know i don't even know what to say about this book so she starts it starts out and they live in i want to say it's idaho um and they live in the mountains well at the base of a mountain kind of off i want to say off the grid because her her dad is very anti government government and um They are part of a uh, Mormon community, um, but her dad is a very, very radical um, thinker, and he is always trying to prepare his family for the end of days, which means, you know, just full survival mode, distrust of other people. um, And as the book goes on, she... uh, she hears about, uh, bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and starts linking that to her father. Um, but it's just a very, it's a very hard environment for, for people to grow up in. And she has, there's herself, her sister, and then she has, She has a bunch of brothers. (laughs) Um, So she she has a lot of siblings, but at the start of the story, the people actually living there is her, her sister, her brother, Richard, her brother, Tyler, um, possibly her brother, Luke, they're all living in that house. And then she has two older brothers, Sean and Tony. And if you actually look in the book, about half of the siblings' names are uh, pseudonyms and half are their real names, um, which is kind of telling to what happens in the book. There's a big family divide at the end. Um, and so you follow Tara as a young girl, and she's growing up in this atmosphere where her father's always right. And they live a, a hard life. Um, her, her family, her father doesn't believe in, uh, well, he goes back and forth a little bit, but for the most part, doesn't believe in uh, school um, sending the kids to an actual school. So their mother is homeschooling them. However, that is very infrequent and doesn't really last. Basically the kids can read like, here's a book and they teach themselves. Um, so not a lot of education going on and, um, so Tara grows up. She, she ends up helping her father. He owns a junkyard. So she does um, some very dangerous things. Like people are always getting hurt. And they also don't believe in uh, medicine. They um, believe in yeah. like, uh, I guess, herbal remedies and uh, stuff, you know, at home medicine, they don't believe in like hospitals and they will go to the hospital. There were a couple of really severe injuries where people did end up going to the hospital, but for the most part, um, that their, their mother would treat them at home. And, uh, the mother starts off as, uh, learning to be a midwife. And then she kind of goes into more, uh, homeopathic remedies and at home medicine. And, um, so just, it's it's a very hard environment for anybody to to thrive in. And um, Tara, co- she's the youngest, and she doesn't really have a confidant, or you know, uh, she's very close to her brother Tyler, but he leaves to go to college, and uh, which uh, her father has a lot to say about because he doesn't believe in you know, educational institutions. And when her brother Tyler leaves, she's kind of left to her own devices. And um, it was just really impressive, though. The people in that family, uh, two of her brothers do go on um, to get PhDs. And this follows Tara on her journey to further education. And she goes... um, which it, it says right in the back of the book how far she goes. But she goes on to get her PhD. Um, and it just, it traces that journey and her experience. She go when she goes, so she studies for her uh, ACTs and basically has to teach herself uh, math. Huh. You know, trig and algebra. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I could have done that. No, t- and teach then, She had to teach herself all of that, like, and not even, um, I mean, she had some friends outside of, uh, I mean, still within that Mormon community, but outside of the no education Mm -hmm. sector that her her family believed in. So she, like, she, she got a little bit of help, but not a lot. She basically taught herself and her, she contacted her brother Tyler a little bit, but he had his own life. So he, he pushed her. He said, you know, this is something you want to do. This will open up your life. But she, basically, she had to take it all on herself. And when she finally got to college um, and she'd be in these classes and she just wouldn't know, uh, they brought up at one point, they brought up the Holocaust and she had never heard about it. Um, so, like, they would bring up all these huge historical, you know, things that just we, you know, because you went to school and you heard about them all the time and she would just have this disconnect. So she had to study a lot. And, um, and then it's her, her kind of battle with her identity, um, as a daughter, cause she wants to, she wants to be a part of her family. And she, she has this pull to follow what her father says. And, you know, after years of growing up in that atmosphere, and then she has the other pull to fr- further education and to, you know, finding out who she is with that. And so it's it's a lot of back and forth and a lot of struggle. And um, I found it a, a really interesting read. And um, you know, sometimes with memoirs, there's slow parts, but there was so much happening in her life, and so many people getting injured in that junkyard, and. So many like things that she had to deal with that I felt that it kept me, kept me reading. I, you know, I need maybe towards the end, it got a little bit slow because there was a lot of internal conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, But her childhood, like she's lucky to be alive with some of this stuff. Wow. um, You know, she, she was just expected and and treated, I want to say as an adult like she'd be working at the junkyard and there'd be like these big dangerous devices and she'd be expected to use them as you know a a young woman a teenage girl and uh you know her brother one of her brothers uh, got uh lit on fire (laughs) uh you know and um just like all these like mishaps um got cuts and uh and she'd say that like my brothers were always running in with some kind of injury from the junkyard and then one day you know she faces that as well um so you just it's a lot <laughs> it's hard to talk about everything that happened in the book but it's, it's her journey from a young girl and then to a um, a student and a scholar and all the kind of struggle with identity and uh community along the way and i know that there's a bunch of interviews out there she's done a, a lot of uh, like press with tv i believe she was on the ellen degeneres show um so there's you know she's she's been out there so people can listen to interviews um in the the comments that i read on uh, goodreads there were there were a handful of people you know a lot of people liked the book and then there was that other section that said, this can't be real you know so there's that kind of that back and forth <laughs> talk of you know what's real and what's not real and I just have to say it was a lot for any one person to live through (laughs) like it was I I
0: think though that people would be surprised at what some people have to live through like it can seem like stranger than fiction but there really are people who have extreme lives yeah I mean really even look at like Tiger King That doesn't seem like real at all, (laughs) and I mean, a lot of it was like his his weird persona. But I mean, honestly, like who would have thought that's such a weird story? And yeah, Yeah. it's true. I mean, as much as yeah, there's
2: there's people (laughs) who live in extremes. Yeah, you know, so it might seem like oh, I would have went to the hospital, or that person never would have survived that, but. Yeah. And then you have to take, you know, it's from her perspective, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just the fact that she was able to go through and and actually, you know, get her Ph.D. And um so just very impressive. And I think anybody who, you know, if you aren't a big fan of biographies or memoirs, this is probably one for you because it reads. At a fast pace, like fiction. Okay. There's just so much going on. Um I liked it. I also liked um oh that Cheryl Strayed her her book. Now yeah, I can't yeah. Wow.
1: yeah, yeah.
2: It you know, it's just very it I liked it in the same same way, just kind of mm-hmm. that conversational inner thought going through your life. Um but this this had a lot going on. <laughs> What's going on? So you said so, that you're, it didn't really um, uh,
1: like attract your sister the way.
2: Yeah, it exists. I well, so she listened to it, which oh, okay. I have a. You know, my personally, when I listen to books, mm-hmm. um, when I you know do audio books, I don't. I haven't connected as well that way. Oh, I think because I'll do other things, um,
1: yeah.
2: and. I'm wondering if maybe that was one of her hang-ups that she listened to the book and maybe she would have got more out of it reading it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. She likes a lot of true crime though. So no, you know, it, was, it wasn't like a, a serial killer or anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I was, I was a little surprised though, cause I thought this would be more liked by my mom and my sister mm-hmm. and my mom and grandma actually really enjoyed it. And, I did as well. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Reading. Yeah. <laughs> now, what are you reading, Lee? <laughs> okay,
1: so I'm going to talk about a book that I'm currently reading because I didn't manage to make it all the way through the book. So, I am reading *The Big Sleep* by um <laughs> by Raymond Chandler. Yes, yeah, so I'm yep. like Philip Marlowe. Like, no, that's the character. <laughs> Raymond Chandler. So it's a, it's a classic crime story. It's one of the first major kind of like noir private eye detective stories. It, it was written in 1939 and, um, is set in Hollywood and it's very, an atmospheric novel about this private eye, Philip Marlowe, which apparently there is a bunch of movies out and there's a very popular, or very, um, classic movie starring Humphrey Bogart that I have not seen that I need to watch now that I'm reading the book but I'm gonna wait till I finish the book until I watch the movie but anyway so we're, we're in the foggy dark streets of Hollywood and Philip Marlowe is has been called in by um rich old guy <laughs> in Hollywood because he is being blackmailed blackmailed by this person who he doesn't even know and he doesn't necessarily know why he's being blackmailed so he would like philip marlowe to look into it what he does know is that he has two young daughters not young i should say like uh, early 20s who have a lot of money and are, are living life to the extremes so these ladies are kind of getting themselves into some trouble and he's thinking that this is somehow related to that. So he hires him to look into this. So he starts looking into it and finds this, that uh, the person doing the blackmailing is running this pornography book lending service. So yes. And, um, so he finds out about this and he's kind of tailing the scene and he finds, finds the guy that is apparently doing the blackmailing and then uh, is surveying his house when one of the daughters of said hiring of the guy, of the detective, um, one of the ladies shows up at his house and he's like, ooh, this is this is not good. (laughs) And then, so he's uh, watching the place and everything. And then some flashes go off and three gunshots. So he runs around and sees someone running out the back. He tries to follow him. He doesn't catch him. He goes in and there's one person that's dead, the guy doing the blackmailing. And then there's the, the young lady there who is totally drugged up and naked. So it turns out that uh, the blackmailer was taking pictures of her to use in this service that he's running, but then also to blackmail the rich father. But then, you know, but then it's like, okay, well, great. Now he's dead. And then it leads to other people and other crime rings. And, uh. And uh, it keeps like, kind of like going more in depth, like, oh, well, this leads to this. And it turns out like the other, the other daughter was married briefly to um, a bootlegger, a previous bootlegger, it's prohibition is over. And he made a lot of money, but suddenly he went missing. So everyone thinks that the private eye is, is going after this case, trying to figure out what happened to the missing guy But it turns out he's not. He's doing this, you know, this blackmailing case, whatever. So, um, so he was, he's kind of looking into that sort of, not really, because he's not getting paid for it, but it's curious to him. So anyways, to go back to the other case, you know, so now the guy doing the blackmailing is dead, but then one of his associates steals all of his books that he's peddling and then The guy that ended up killing the other one comes back and goes after this guy. And it's just like this big ring of evildoers kind of going (laughs) after each other. And then I'm about halfway to two-thirds of the way through the book. And he's like, okay, I should just end this now because the person doing the blackmailing is no longer. This is no longer a threat. He ends up retrieving the illicit photos and returning them. So that's no longer going to be a thing. And he's like, I should just stop now. I should not look into the missing husband. And he's like, but you know, I'm not going to. So, <laughs> and that's where I'm right now. So it's very, it's very atmospheric. There's a lot of slang that I don't even know what he's talking about because it's from the 30s. But then there's like all of these classic one-liners like dead men are heavier than broken hearts. You know, <laughs> it's all of like these kind of like one-liners. He's like, I was neat, clean, shaved sober, and I didn't care who knew it, you know, like, like very classic, I mean, now we see them as very, you know, kind of classic, noir detective type tropes, you know, but these were kind of newer at the time,
2: so I wish people still, I was gonna say, I wish people still talked like that, I love all the old slang, and yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like when you
0: when you watch those old movies and like the people Uh throw out those lines like that, I love how like, um, fast paced they are. And like, it's, it's almost kind of stilted though, the way they say it, like, they'll just be like that sharpness. I don't know. It's Uh it's
1: great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely an interesting read kind of like going back and, you know, like I said, like it's, you know, they really set the tone with the, you know, the place and the setting and they're always talking about what people are wearing. And so, I mean, it's really cool in that regards, you know, even if I don't always know quite who they're, you know, what they're talking about. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely been interesting. This has been on my list for a while to kind of like go back and read some classic crime novels. So that's what I'm doing and that's where I'm at. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So so once I'm done with it, like I said, I'm gonna go back and watch the the classic Bogart movie.
0: I was gonna say that is what it's called too, right? Isn't it the big sleep that he's in?
1: Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like I might have seen that. But I'd have yeah. to like go through my index of old movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> what right.
1: have I seen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But when you, you know, said like, that it
0: sounded familiar.
1: Uh huh. Oh okay. Yeah. I know. I keep a record of the books I've read, but not the movies that I've watched, so I have no
0: idea. No, it's all in here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's why I forget.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I can't keep uh-huh. up. It's just in there. It's one of those yeah. things where, like, you start to watch it and you're like,
1: "I think I've seen this before." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've definitely done that more than once.
2: Uh, yeah. yep. up. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> package i guess we we all better go read a new book
0: (laughs) 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 thank you for joining us we hope you heard something that you are interested in reading stay tuned to the library social media and our website for more great content including book recommendations and stay tuned for our next episode because we still need to talk about books